to What It Is Your Part Documentary, Part Roundtable Podcast with a sprinkling of competition. My name's Ellie Main, and joining me as we have every week is the wonderful Chelsea Harfouche. Chelsea, what's up? It's been such a long time since I saw you at brunch. <laughs> I was going to say, are we telling lies? Is this a Johnny Johnny Yes Papa situation? That's why I'm bringing it back. Johnny Johnny Yes Papa 2021. It's happening. I do have to tell you guys about just the most fucking bonkers commercial that Connor and I just saw right before this recording started. Fantastic. I had to sit with it. It was a commercial for Twisted Tea. Which we all, you know, we all love a good Twisted Tea from time to time. Is that like a alcoholic iced tea? Yeah, but it's like a real kind of like nasty fratty, like twist your okay. tea. Like uh, what what if tea had alcohol in it? Crazy. What if tea got a little twisted? <laughs> so Twisted Tea had a commercial that straight up, I'm not even kidding, started with 2020 was a wild year. Oh no. And I was like, oh, oh, uh-huh. is that how we're gonna is that we're gonna talk about that that year where like like make like a, a good millions of people died from a global pandemic. A good multiple millions. Yeah, we're gonna be like dealing with the effects of the trauma of this experience for like but, but I don't know, generations. It was wild. <laughs> twenty twenty was wild year. So I had to sit with that. Okay. Because yeah. I had to imagine what it was like. Which this is gonna come back thematically in the oh. conversation that we're going to have later because my topic really is I know I say this a lot but I really truly mean it because I know I specifically requested our guest and it's so that we could have a conversation <laughs> it's really going to be like Dionysian oh beautiful well now I mean that feels like we should perfectly segue into you introducing our guest oh my god our guest is the one <laughs> the only Miles Luna hi everybody hi <laughs> how are you today I could use a twisted tea right now. <laughs> 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 Let's pretend that we don't live together and spend most moments together. How have you been? Uh, what if I was just like terrible? Uh, I've, been, I've had a really horrible day hanging out with my girlfriend. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had a really wonderful day hanging out with my girlfriend. Yeah, that's you. Um, <laughs> Who <and> is she? <laughs> we... <laughs> Uh, no, man. I mean, I've been, I've been good. Got that second vaccination, uh, which is great. And feeling very hashtag blessed. Oh. And excited to be here and have my mind blown wide open. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. Oh, thanks. In fact, Chelsea. Yes. Miles has brought a fact bang with him. Holy That's shit. true. That's true. For the best. Tell us immediately. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, this comes courtesy of uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels at the moment called Just Right uh, with a with a W as in with words. Um, Smart. There's a I know like <laughs> it's a thinker. That's an entendre. Yeah. Duble. So uh, there's a wonderful video called One Marvelous Scene about the military propaganda in Marvel films uh, because Chelsea Ellie. I don't know if you knew this. What? Um, but did you know that the Pentagon has final say over a lot of uh, Marvel films? Ew. Final say over the script? Final say over the script, over the creative. Yes, uh, they get final script approvals on uh, not just a lot of Marvel movies, a lot of American movies in general. Gross. Uh, essentially, if you want to use military vehicles or technology or stuff like that in your movie, that stuff can be pretty expensive. But, you know, there's a fun little loophole, a fun little shortcut you can take uh, if you happen to be buddies with daddy daddy pentagon 
Um, <laughs> Daddy Penty. Daddy Penty oh, Daddy will Penty. let you do fun military things for free, but you do just gotta let Daddy Penny take a last look at that script and mm. give the a okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the the video itself kind of focused on Captain America and how do you take a, a character that was literally born out of American war propaganda and make him a, a likable character in your globally successful and beloved superhero franchise when uh, maybe not everybody's super keen on American military these days. Two of the most successful military propaganda films uh, in recent Marvel history. You want to take a guess, Chelsea? Most successful money-wise? Reached like the broadest audience when it came to like what they were kind of used to hitting. These films helped expand the reach of military propaganda in ways that others had before. Which ones just like snuck the military in there? I see. Okay. Well, obviously, like Captain America is like uh, in the military, and then yeah, I did yeah. see Black big. Panther because I'm not a monster. Yes. And Black Panther had a CIA agent who was British, but I think he was American in that movie. <laughs> everybody's yeah. everybody's favorite flustered hero, Martin Freeman. Yeah. It's, it's uh, hard for me to like uh, conceptualize a and like similar to like an eldritch monster. It's hard for me to fathom like an American Martin Freeman. So like my mind just replaces his American accent with his natural British accent. Yeah. The CIA was so pleased with the final script of Black Panther <laughs> Ooh, uh, that I you may have that. noticed if you were on <laughs> yeah. Twitter that the official CIA Twitter account in the weeks leading up to Marvel's Black Panther was doing fun Twitter polls about like what kind of technology would you like to get from Wakanda? Um, because that no. story oh, it no. features a, uh, a a CIA agent who does no wrong and only does good things and is ultimately well, yeah. a, a big hero towards uh, the end of that story. He's a hero because he, I mean, uh, no spoilers, no spoilers, but yeah. Spoilers for Black Panther. (laughs) Um, And then uh, the other uh, big great success is is Captain Marvel. Uh, These two films that were applauded for being very progressive. Oh yeah, that does like jack off Um, the Air Force. uh, I I never Uh, saw Captain Marvel. It was Uh, shite. It was a bad feminist. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was bad. It was Um, a bad movie. The Air Force actually ran a Captain Marvel themed recruitment (gasps) ad targeted at women, encouraging them to, uh, talking about how uh, all superheroes have origin stories (gasps) and a lot of B-roll of jets. So yeah, no, it's a You, as a woman, also could have an origin story about being a soldier such as. <laughs> That's my fact bang. It's it's obvious when you think about it, but hey folks, military propaganda is still alive and well. That's, That's a fact, fact bang. bang. Wow. Chelsea? Mm-hmm. What's the title of your topic? The title of my topic is... A nice warm beverage. Ooh. Is this about English beer? No. Oh, God. Mm. I always forget that they drink their beer warm. And then I it's remember. It's not warm. It's room temperature. Time. Not better. Well, it is different, though. The That's only true. time that I ever have, like, want, like, room temperature beer is when I'm so hungover that putting mm-hmm. anything else in my stomach yeah. is going to make me vomit mm. immediately. Like, you want it to be fizzy, but the exact same temperature as... As your me. Mouth. It cannot be a shock to <laughs> As my me. system in any way. Is it about tea? No, but we Is really it- could play like a warmer, cooler game. Okay, I, I I have a good feeling about my next guess. Okay, so it's it's like a nice warm drink. Is that what it was? It's a whiskey beverage, it- but yeah, a nice warm beverage. Is this about like blood sucking insects <laughs> or vampires? Oh God, no! That I mean, that would be a really great. You title freaky bitch. For that. <laughs> like if my thing had been about blood sucking insects, 
then that would have been a great title for it. Is it about whiskey? No. Is it about alcohol at all? No. Cowtail mm. juice. It's about milk. Do you drink warm milk? Are you Mitt Romney? He, no, he, he no. Dr- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of beverages that could be he drinks, warm. He drinks fridge temp milk. I give up. I'm curious <laughs> for when we get well, to you. Guys, you guys really did cover every known warm beverage. Let's see. What? Tea, whiskey, and milk. All known, no, um, uh, and beer. All coffee. known warm beverages. Is in it the coffee? World. Is it coffee? Is it hot chocolate? Is it apple coffee cider? Is, is it coffee. a soup? <laughs> coffee is yes. Coffee is getting warmer. Ooh. But the topic itself is not about coffee, but coffee plays a part. Oh, hot coffee, if you will. Hot, hot coffee. coffee. I'm gonna do an accent. Hope it's gonna please you. Oh. <laughs> Hello there. I'm feeling a bit Uncle Dick. A bit peas in the pod. Oh. Is your talk if your topic Cockney rhyming slang? The topic isn't Cockney rhyming slang, but my title is. It sure is. I'm we'll going to say need it that again. Feeling more. a bit Uncle Dick, a bit peas in the pod. <sighs> That's so much. A That's a lot that you get me right. And <gasps> bad. I mean, closer than I thought you'd get. Peas in the pod. Peas in the pot. Oh, oh. sick and hot. Hot, sick, and twisted. Chelsea, Chelsea. Twisted tea? I didn't know that you knew how to speak Cockney rhyming slang. Well, I told you that I am a, I'm a rude boy inside. It's <laughs> true. I'm nothing if not a rude boy. Thanks. You've deciphered the, the rhyming slang, but where can you go from there? I'm feeling this. Twisted tea. It's sick and hot. It's about twisted tea. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real drink-heavy episode. Miles, do you have thoughts? I have no thoughts. She started speaking Cockney rhyming slang and my brain just fully shut down. Oh no, is that your kink? (laughs) No. I heard Ellie use Cockney rhyming slang and all the blood left my head, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I have no thoughts. No, that was not my intent. I edit this podcast. That's exactly what happened. Great, 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 great. I'm going to piece together your words. Where you stitch Miles' words together. I was just thinking that. (laughs) That made me horny. She's having a moment. I'm back. Well, while she's off a rhythm, let's go. I want to hear it. Chelsea, tell me about warm drinks. Okay. I was, okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be made fun of. Thanks. Jesus. I like I said. I, I'm going to set some intentions here for okay. this topic because okay. one I know I say this a lot but I really truly mean it this time and I've also meant it every other time but I do also mean it this time okay, uh, okay. this is a discussion uh, and sure. I want to hear y'all's experiences I want to hear your thoughts uh-huh. I, I want Ellie to, to approach this especially with like a like a like an open heart and an open mind oh no Okay. And then the second thing is I want to give a shout out to another podcast because I'm also like, I'm hoping someday we can do like a collaboration. Like we can do maybe like a swap. There's Um, a show called the Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) 
that's a little thing. Joe Rogan. Okay, first of all, do you guys know that Joe? Okay, I know that you know that Joe Rogan moved to Austin, right? And he's starting like yes. a podcast network here, and it's oh, based yeah. out of One World Theater, which in and of itself could be a wet topic because the One World Theater is fucking nuts and was like run by a cult. <laughs> oh Whoa. goodness, there's no, I have no idea. I mean, I knew that he was moving here because so many people have mentioned that to Christina, like it's a good thing. She's like, cool. She's um, awesome. <laughs> well, we cannot get this far off topic, but it's okay. not the Joe Rogan podcast. It's a podcast that my boyfriend Connor, longtime friend of the pod, got me into called Anime Sickos. Nice. Loving the title. Okay. Well, you probably really love the podcast. Honestly, uh, Miles, it's really good. And it's like these two friends, just much like us, and they talk about what they call the four pillars of human misery. And it's anime posting jobs and then there's a fourth one shit i always forget the fourth one because it is like uh one of the sole sources of like human enjoyment for me which is gaming so it's anime gaming posting and jobs and they did an episode recently that they called the horny episode which was just about how awful it is to be horny like online Okay. okay. It was really good. And they talked about, like, for example, like um, the infamous Kevin Smith horny tweet. Do you guys know the t- the Kevin Smith horny uh, tweet? No. Mm. Oh my god, it's great because it's also a wife tweet, which they did have a wife episode that was oh, also no, really wait. good. I think I do know about this. Oh, no. oh I do know this tweet. <laughs> oh, read it so we can all just okay. sit. And- this is the okay. fifth pillar of human misery. Is this tweet? <laughs> good i hate it so much um okay (laughs) it's a real bro delete this kind of tweet (laughs) okay ellie so wait ellie you know what kevin smith looks like right like you can imagine him in your mind i'm not trying to bob yeah yeah yeah, i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to like appearance shame kevin smith i just mean like you know what he looks like like you can fully imagine this human being and his giant shorts in front of you right (laughs) so imagine kevin smith Silent Bob, he's at his computer, he's firing off a tweet, and this is what he types, ready? Uh. 10 years in and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. A decade plus and her clit slash brown slash taint area still pones my dick. No, no. God, that just. <laughs> Why? Why, sir? Why? Why did you? Why? Why did you have to write that? Why? What's wrong with you? Why brown? <laughs> I don't know. I just like I guess brown, but like taint like, area, ass or like asshole. Like clit you were brown taint so area. graphic with like clit, and he started Ooh. with clit, which is like a strong place to start. That's nasty. Yeah, is that for real? That's real, and no one liked it. <laughs> No. Why would you? <laughs> it was a real like bestie I'm begging you to put this back in the drafts like moment. Uh, yeah, so like that's the kind of stuff that they covered on the horny episode. And okay. it's very funny. And I really enjoyed that episode. So shout out to Anime Sickos. Now what does this have to do with your topic? <laughs> it's coming it's, I'm literally the next sentence out of my mouth is going to tell you the topic. Okay. Which is mm-hmm. I was like God, like a horny episode is such a good idea. And I was like, how could I do like a horny episode for what? Where it would be like interesting and factual. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I have to tell you that just yesterday, my mom texted me and she said, I've been catching up on Wattpod. So funny and embarrassing. (laughs) Chelsea's a wild one. 
<laughs> so shout out to Laura Main. Get buck, buckle up, mom. <laughs> yeah, this one, yeah. You know what? I think Ellie is right when Ellie said that this episode is dedicated to Laura Main. I think that we should all just take a no. Do <laughs> <laughs> you are no Chelsea? Bad Chelsea. Very bad. Okay. Carry on. Anyway, so the where I want to go with this to bring mm. it kind of real circle and be something that I think that we can all talk about and that I think is really interesting because I didn't know a lot of stuff about this is very specifically the history of horny video games. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. How the, oh, because of the hot coffee mod. Oh, God. Miles got it. Oh, my God. Babe. Okay, but let's get there. <laughs> that was San Andreas, right? That was a big yeah, San, Andreas San Andreas scandal. And we're right, well, totally let's, let's get, get there. To let's it. get there. I know let's about this. There. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm fascinated. I was I've long been fascinated with horny video games. Because... <laughs> Hold on. I'm so sorry. Ellie's looking at me like I'm some sort of pervert for knowing about this. This was on the local news in San Antonio. This was a big controversy oh, yeah. when everyone was like, video games are evil and making our children perverted mass murderers, okay? Ellie, it really was a huge news story. Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm ready to hear about it, Miles' yeah, cover. And I'll tell you, so wait, so what I'm hearing, Ellie, is that points? you don't know about the hot coffee mod. I don't believe I do. I'm just so innocent and sweet. Okay, but I don't think that's entirely true because Ellie, here's okay, the well. first thing I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is I know that you also played Sims. Oh, yeah, are you about to ask me if I deleted the bed so we could see them woo-woo? Yes, yes, of course I did. Yes. <laughs> okay. My aunt taught me how to do that. Mom, you can blame Linda. <laughs> It's like for our generation, right? Like kind of growing up in like the late 90s, 2000s, especially I guess like being like teens in like the 2000s. Yeah. The internet and then by virtue of that games and video games were really a core part of like my sexual like exploration. Okay. Um, who among us in this generation <laughs> does not remember the first time they tried to access like explicit internet stuff and oh, like yeah. hashtag kids these days with their iPhones <laughs> like we'll never know what it's like to have like the family computer in the computer oh, yeah. room yeah my problem was that my stepdad at the time was an IT guy and I knew enough to know that he knew way more about computers than I did and he had kind of like hinted that you know private browsing or not like he knew how to like get the history and he knew everything i was doing on the computer <laughs> and i was terrified and so i tried all these different like seemingly innocuous like strings of words that i thought would eventually lead me to like sexually explicit images or videos mm -hmm. with limited success and then i discovered a little website called oh, no. newgrounds.com <laughs> Oh dear. So newgrounds.com, Ellie, was a flash. I don't I doubt it exists because now Flash is going away. So I don't even know if it still exists anymore. And if it does, it's not what it used to be. But newgrounds.com was a website where anybody could upload a flash game and okay. or a flash animation. And so in some ways, like it was really cool. Like I used to spend just hours on Newgrounds because you could watch like these like little animated shorts. Like I remember one that like made me cry a lot about an alien with like a Aww. ball and he like played with this little girl who's lonely in her house. It was like a whole thing. There were also creepy sex games that were made by like, I don't know, like one person in their uh, apartment for like 
over to the course of two weeks, they were kind of sort of visual novel-esque where the, mm. just like the end goal was to, you know, have sex. And there would be really rudimentary kind of point and click, touch the titty in this quick time <laughs> event in a certain way and get like the horny meter up or whatever. To me, like I was just bisexual. And I was also amazed at the idea of like this now being an interactive experience. Right. Whereas like I was not having any interactive sexual experiences at that point in time. <laughs> and then also because it was all in browser, I knew enough, again, to know that Newgrounds was really only showing that I was on Newgrounds and not specifically what I was doing. Oh, okay. And so I was like, hell yeah, this is it. But that was in the Wild West of the internet. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, like, big release games. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. This is where things get, like, a little bit more dicey. And it has to do with the ESRB, which is the voluntary and self-enforced way that video games are rated. The ESRB first came into... I guess, existence following the 1992 like Senate hearings that Joe (laughs) Lieberman started about how video games were, as we talked about, poisoning America's youth. Specifically, there were two games that um, Joe Lieberman cited. I know, I know, I know. Teacher calling me, calling me teacher. Miles. I believe it was uh, Mortal Kombat and Doom. Yes, it was. Nice, babe. So what's funny is that these were violent video games, and this is what Mm -hmm. they were really freaked out about. Uh, Oh, because they were like, people are going to get violent if they play these games. Yeah. Uh, They were like, Mortal Kombat is um, a game where, like, literally you can, like, rip somebody's spine out (laughs) through their chest. It's really hard to do, but it's so good. And use it as a knife and impale them. (laughs) It's rad. You can do some, like, really fucking disgusting shit. (laughs) It's hilarious. I love it. And then Doom, yeah, is just like, well, honestly, Miles is way more equipped to talk about Doom than I ever will be because he's a big, he's Mr. Doom over here. He's a big Doom head. He's a big (laughs) Doom head. But Doom is really just like a gross killing game. Game where you kill. all the demons. Yeah, you're going to walk around with 12 different guns all with the intent and purpose to uh, turn uh, living things into piles of gush. So violence was really at the forefront of these Senate hearings. And sex was just kind of like a footnote. And it was really about the the only way that sex kind of came up was when they were talking about FMVs, which, if you remember, are is that like a um, genre video game that has uh, full motion video. Oh, please tell uh, me you're about to talk about Night Trap. Yes, Night Trap was one of the ones that was cited in the 1992 yes. like Senate hearings about this. As they were like, they were like, okay. I mean, this is the thing. It's like these people. They it's 2021 and they still don't understand the internet. Imagine how much they understood like gaming in like 1992. So they were just like, did you know some of these video games have secret movies in them? And those <laughs> movies can have boobs. And like they were furious <laughs> at the idea. They like they put like secret porn movies in video games using to get to the children and show all the children all this porn. They were threatening like the gaming industry with a federal rating system that was going to like delineate all these games. Now, if you remember correctly, in the United States, movies aren't federally regulated, right? Like the MPAA rating system, which is flawed, is its own body and the movie industry kind of self-governs based on those ratings. So the idea that there would be a different standard for games where they were federally regulated was really upsetting to the gaming industry for like good reason. There was a lot of concern about censorship and like weird like limiting capitalism ideas. They were like, no, no, no. (laughs) We're not going to do that. So... 
like Nintendo and Sony and like all these other really big players, they all got together and they were like, we're going to take care of this ourselves. We're going to create our own like internal regulation system, similar to the MPAA, but for games. And that's how they came up with the ESRB. Mm. And originally the ESRB was like, it had like only a handful of ratings. And it was like kids to adults, meaning for everyone. And now it's called for everyone, teen, mature and adults only. And adults only yeah. was meant to be for violence and sex. Like it was meant to be kind of almost the equivalent of like 18. Huh? Oh, ours is different. So yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. So like an NC-17. Like Peggy 12? Peggy 12? Peggy 12 oh, is one of the ratings. PG, for- yes. Well, yeah, well, the, the Peggy system is the rating system for video games in England and I oh. think Europe. And then here, yeah, it's the ESRB. Oh, really? You've like shown a, um, a bias in my research, which is that I was primarily focusing on the ESRB and didn't even think about how it might be different in other countries the same way that the MP- MPAA is different in other countries. Peggy. Uh, it's 3, 7, 12, 16, and 18 are the Peggy ratings. And then ESRB is, I think... I want to say there's a new, like, really, really baby version one called, like, G, like, general something. But, yeah, I think it's E for everyone. There's E10+. plus. There's mm-hmm. T for teen. Uh, M for mature. Uh, AO for adults only. I think that's it. I want to say I'm forgetting. Yeah, I, th- I want to say there's one lower than E for everyone. But I might so be So there was. Crazy. It was called, it was EC, and it was early childhood. That's what it was. But they stopped, they discontinued it in 2018. ESRB is a for-profit machine. It's a company. Right. And it just of so course. happens that, like, much like the MPAA, the way the industry has grown around ESRB is that, like, stores like GameStop or, like, toy stores or Best Buy or whatever, they will only carry games that have an ESRB rating. And now to the point where, like, um, consoles will only play games that have an ESRB rating. So it has become basically, like, a self-containing system. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, it worked in the sense that, like, it got the the American government to butt out. Uh, Although they still do like to have these uh, hearings every once in a while about, like our video games too violent but that's the most interesting part i could only find two examples of games that had an ao rating for violence only there were more than that that had it for sex and Mm. violence but for the vast majority of ao games are rated ao only for like graphic sexual content yeah the only ao game that i can think of is bmxxx for the X, so the original we're going to talk about BMX XXX. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but first, I want to say that there is a there is another AO game that you know of, Ooh. Miles, because you okay. recently mentioned it, and that is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Okay. Wait, did that retroactively get given an AO? Yes, because <gasps> the game was rated mature, as all the Grand Theft Auto games are, and then the hot coffee controversy happened. So, Ellie, let me fill you in. Please do. You've played a Grand Theft Auto game. Oh, I've so played you- a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. So you know that those games are like sandbox games where you commit crimes, you steal cars. Oh, it's yeah. A big part of it. You're going out and like doing crime stuff and you can, you know, get girlfriends. You can usually interact with sex workers. In Grand Theft Auto V, they have a real fun stripper mini game where you like hide I played from the a bouncer. lot of Vice City as probably way too young a teen where mm-hmm. we would do the nasty with the um, pr- prostitutes and, and then kill them. Yeah, it's yeah. It really you know every child did that. Like yeah, it encourages some you know some not great behavior. Yeah. So Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which came out in two thousand four, operates sort of the same way, where you 
controlled a character named CJ. And mm-hmm. CJ could have all these different in-game girlfriends, depending on like who you pursued and did missions with. And the different girlfriends had different perks that they would give you if you like leveled up that relationship. And okay. one of the ways that you could level up relationships was by getting to the point where you could have sex. But when you did that, it would just cut to like an exterior of the house and you would hear them have sex and then it would move on. Okay. And then there was this patch that came out called Hot Coffee, or I guess a mod. And instead of it going to the exterior view, you would be in the house and it looked like real shitty. Graphics were doing their best at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Even within like the context of like what San Andreas looked like, it doesn't look like super finished. Uh, Yeah, I was always under the impression that this was not like an authorized piece of content but I'm, maybe I'm about to learn a lot more about this. You are oh. about to learn more. So I just took a picture. I sent a picture. So it didn't look great. Push up and down in rhythm. Yeah. So it made it a mini game. That was like what the hot coffee was, was the sex became a mini game where you were literally like in control <laughs> of like CJ's like thrusts and body. Excitement. While you had sex with like this, this uh, female character. Okay. And Mal- yes, you're correct. Miles, when this first came out and like people were sharing it online and getting really excited in more ways than one (laughs) rockstar games that creates the grand theft auto games they said that this was a mod by hackers and that it violated the game's end user (laughs) license agreement uh and that basically we would never we would never and that like hackers must have gone in and like just sort of jumbled up assets in order to create this fucked up little mini game but then it turns out (laughs) that it was actually part of the original source code, meaning that this was a mini game that was like part of early development and then scrapped early on. But the the actual code for the mini game was in the original code that was released by Rockstar. So- Damn. Yes. And it, so all that happened was that when they released their modding tools, which Rockstar always did, so people could like play with the game, it allowed savvier users to access this basically like sort of cordoned off, like unfinished part of the game, which was hot and coffee. And then they made that accessible to other people. Yeah. And then they, and then they basically, they created a mod so that, that would unlock it in your game so that you didn't have to know how to do the complicated thing that they did to get to it. I see. Once the ESRB found out that this wasn't something that like somebody else had made, but was like actually part of the Rockstar game. And that I guess like in their mind, Rockstar had not done enough to like, appropriately get rid of Mm. they changed the rating of grand theft auto san andreas from mature to adults only that's how they got it sony and everybody like freaked out and they were like take like you know pulling it off shelves and everything uh then senator (laughs) hillary clinton friend of the pod (laughs) friend of the pod hillary clinton brought back what joe lieberman had been uh suggesting like 10 years prior and was like we should be regulating these games and they it also even like kind of brought in some controversy against sims 2 where they were like which was had come out like at a similar time because of the woo woo yeah well because you could there were cheat codes where you could take the sensor off and then you could see those fully naked sims and for those who don't know woohooing in sims is having making two sims have sex and it's yeah, normally pixelated. Don't know. San Andreas still remains to this day the biggest ever game release, technically, of an adults-only game. Wow. Oh. So let's talk about BMX XXX, which Miles brought up. Uh, okay. Miles, did you ever play BMX XXX? I did not. I just knew about it. I played it because. <laughs> 
How is it? How are the mechanics in that game? What's the comparison to well, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, I guess, would have been the cop. <laughs> the short answer to your question is it's much worse than any of the Tony Hawk games. Got it, got it, got it. But Not it's surprising. also much worse than any of the Dave Mira BMX games, which if okay. you remember back to that time, the Dave Mira BMX was to bike to bicycle as Tony Hawk Pro Skater <laughs> was to skateboard. It was right. like the, it had like a big, like, you know, X game superstars name and face on it. Um, and it was a sports game and it was like a franchise. So Dave Mira had already made with a claim, which was the developer two BMX games and they had sold really well. So now they're getting ready to do B- Dave Mira BMX three. Literally. I don't know why they were like, what if this game was sexy? Like, what if that was our like move? And so they, they basically developed Dave Mira freestyle BMX three, but as a horny game where they were like, what if like all of your characters that you played were women and they were topless and they were on their bikes topless. And then whenever you like finished a mission or like unlocked like a trophy, it would show like video footage of strippers like taking their clothes off. Oh. And so they make this and they're like, this is fucking genius. We've never done anything better. And then they show it to Dave Mira and We'll never really know what happened in that room. But Acclaim <laughs> says that Dave Mira loved it and thought it was, quote, fucking sick. And Dave Mira says he hated it and had no idea why they had taken his, like, cool BMX game and turned it into a weird BM sex game. And uh, what we do know is that Dave Mira sued um, <sighs> Acclaim and Z-Axis, which were the developers, to take his name off of it. And they settled out, they eventually settled out of court and they did remove his name. And that's why, even though it was released on Game Boy Advance as Dave Mirror Freestyle BMX 3, it was released everywhere else as BMX XXX. I'm looking at the box art right now. uh, And I do love on the back is, this is BMX? Question (laughs) They had a fucking clickbait title back in the early 2000s. And they had a girl with a white t-shirt on the front. They knew what they yeah. were doing. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. 100%. But I think a lot of this is like, it's so subjective and it's so based on the times because when you look at those uh, screenshots or like footage from the hot coffee mod, which again was just like, it's hard to, like Miles said, it was on the fucking news. Like, right. it was such a huge deal. But like, they're pretty much fully clothed in that. And, mm. you yeah. know, they're just kind of like thrusting around. Whereas, like, the mini game that's in Grand Theft Auto 5, you are like in first person, and there is a stripper on your lap, and her like tits are like in your face, and you're touching them, and you're like oh, yeah. moving the controls and it's, like, around. You can't, like, like, don't let the guard see you or something. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's very interactive and it's very sexual. Um, but, like, that's fine. Like, that wasn't, that didn't get them in an AO. Or, like, uh, one that I've been thinking about a lot is uh, Cyberpunk. Has uh-huh. all these, like, sex scenes that you can unlock, and they're terrible. <laughs> which is uh, something that other people have, I think Polygon did an article about how awful the, like, sex scenes are in in Cyberpunk, which is hysterical because Cyberpunk was made by the same studio as The Witcher, and everybody loves The Witcher sex scenes. Oh, uh, really? You can, like, have sex on a unicorn and shit. But I think the primary difference is that the Witcher sex scenes are in the third person. So it's like you're watching a little like animated sex movie. Mm -hmm. But the cyberpunk sex scenes are in the first person. And they're difficult. Like they're just kind of, they're like, 
until you've had like a dead-eyed like computer like animated face just it's like real uncanny staring valley. at you and thrusting like you have not known um discomfort yeah you've not known anxiety like it made me feel it made me feel about sex the way that i think that like the way that i talk makes ellie feel about sex of just yep. like i wish this were not happening near or around me and as games have evolved and it started to become a little bit, I guess, like taken more seriously as like as true art form. I guess the ESRB has like chilled out where they're like, well, no kid is gonna be patient enough to get through like enough Last of Us <laughs> gameplay to get to the spooky fucking <laughs> sex scene, so it's gonna be fine. Uh, but the one thing they can't touch and that I guess like senators haven't learned about yet is Steam, uh, because oh, yeah. Steam. Mm has been able to break the mold kind of what limits like traditional developers where they're relying on games being sold either through like console um, virtual marketplaces or in physical stores like GameStop or Walmart or Best Buy or whatever. Steam is like an online marketplace for any developer from like big developers like to just like you or me, you know, could like submit a game to Steam if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Steam has tons of adult content and it's filtered by default. But as long as you have like your as long as you enter your birth date, which we all know is like just an absolutely like unimpeachable system. (laughs) Your birth date, you can switch that filter off in your settings and you can see. And I have played just, you know fun uh many a a sex game on steam (laughs) because i to this day remain horny and i'm not ashamed of it well congratulations when i was a 13 year old eighth grade boy no no i do remember i got star wars knights of the old republic which was like (gasps) one of the first like rpg games i played Mm -hmm. um and uh at a certain point i was like oh dude i can customize my character's outfit like i can put on different armor i can take off his shirt and i was like wait I can take off his shirt. Can I? Can I take off the clothes of other party members? And I immediately partied up with the two like female heroes. Like there's the Jedi girl, and then there was Bachelor. I can't remember the alien. Yeah, yeah. And then I can't remember the alien, the blue alien girl with like tentacle head uh, that Ahsoka uh, is. I can't remember what the race of aliens are called. No. Anyways, I I equipped them to my party, and then immediately unequipped all their armor, and they're just there in their underwear, and I just remember like running around Tatooine, being like, "Yeah, they are definitely taking way more damage, but um, it... now they do look sexy." Uh, and thirteen miles thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> way to go, you little perverted asshole! <laughs> How old were you? Did you say? I was thirteen. Okay, that's fine. I was gonna okay. say. Okay. I think that Twi'lek was like a teenager. Oh God, was she really? I think you were all, I don't think that like that would have like, you would have noticed that (laughs) if you were also a teenager. I mean, when I was 13, I was still playing Logical Journeys of the Zumbinis. Okay, you know what? You admitted right at the beginning to taking the Sims bed away. And I I won't take it back. I took the bed away. I'll admit that. Took the bed away. I wanted I to see the wound, but I also spent a lot of time playing the logical journey of the Zumbinis and bettering myself. You horny, <laughs> nasty teens. <laughs> I mean, I did other yeah. things. This wasn't my whole life. Chelsea, you know I love any video game related topic, and you did a great job uh, diving into uh, the icky, spooky past of horny <laughs> video icky, games. The icky, spooky past. Um, and for the sheer for the sheer fact that we ended up uh, talking about BMXXX, uh-huh. it only seems fitting that I give you 
XXX points. That's 30 points for BMXXXX and all the stuff that you did. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. Ugh, but I am going to have to subtract 29 points <laughs> for making me hear the sentence a decade plus and her clit brown taint area still pawns <laughs> my dick. So I okay. am sorry about that, but you do need to be punished for the crime that you committed upon not just my ears, but the ears of all the listeners <laughs> who listen to what? That's brutal. Also, update. Yeah. Update. Oh my god, update. I had to I had to Google that tweet so I could make sure I got the quote right. And in doing so, I found something that could very much potentially be a piece of revisionist history. But that horrible Kevin Smith tweet came out on July 9th, 2009. July 9th, 2014, Kevin Smith tweets, five years ago today, I lost a bet to Jen Schwalbach. Prize was to post the worst tweet she could muster on my Twitter. Colon, and then quote tweeted that original tweet. I'm not buying it. I, I don't, don't I don't him. buy that for a, second. for a second. I don't and buy you, it for a second, but I had I to bring it up. I don't believe it because I know that Kevin Smith was raised Catholic and I have heard him talk a lot, unfortunately, about his sex life with his wife be in the context of like, yeah, I had like a real like Catholic repressed like upbringing and now me and my wife love to have sex and we're sex people. And so it's just very in keeping with his personality right. to tweet something like that and then later like try to back off from it because <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> I just sat here and I sweated my way through Chelsea's horny topic. And uh, I am talking about the English sweating sickness. <laughs> oh no, do you have it? No. Uh, you What know. is that? Sweating sickness, also known as the sweats or English sweating sickness, was a mysterious and contagious disease that struck England and later continental Europe in a series of epidemics beginning in 1485. That's a long time ago. The onset of the symptoms was sudden and death occurred within hours. What the fuck? Wait, what? Real sweaty. Oh. I that is like a SNL sketch amount of sweat that I am envisioning on a person. That is Keenan Thompson with a hose a few feet above his head, <laughs> levels of sweat. Oh, it's like the meme with uh, uh, oh, oh, Key uh, and or Peel. Oh uh, yeah, Jordan Peele's just <laughs> sweating profusely. Sweating sickness epidemics were unique compared to other disease outbreaks of the time, where other epidemics were typically urban and long-lasting. Cases of sweating sickness spiked and receded extremely quickly and heavily affected rural populations. The cause remains unknown, although it's been suggested that it was from an unknown species of zoonotic RNA virus. Whoa. That's a lot of things. That, yeah. So what? an RNA virus, and I'm sure I'm Chelsea with her medical knowledge probably knows this it's it's any virus that it is carried on ribonucleic acid uh-huh. uh which is so, such as covid19 is a great example yeah, i was gonna say covid is an rna virus it, mm-hmm. rna is the building block of dna if that like yes. helps anybody that's like the literal only thing i remember about <laughs> RNA. What's RNA? oh it's the building blocks of dna <laughs> and then zoonotic which you can piece together is a virus that jumps from an animal to a human such Got as it. a bat or a pangolin bat? or whatever COVID-19 came from. Probably a bat. So that's what they think it is. So let's go back to the, or well, they think it was. 
let's go back to like so the, the what we have about it written down. Okay. So John Caius, Caius, who's to say, was a practicing physician in Shrewsbury in That's 1551. Fun. That's a Dr. Seuss fruit. A Shrewsbury? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Burry, B-U-R-Y. Oh, okay. Not a berry. Uh, in 1551, when an outbreak occurred, and he described the symptoms and signs of the disease in, this is what the, the this is what it was called, a book, spelled B-O-K-E, book, or mm-hmm. council, Against disease commonly called the sweat. The sweat. S-W-E-A-T-E. Or sweating sickness. Sweating with a Y. Sicknessy. Like, <laughs> it's just fun old English. <laughs> yeah, it's good all the way around. Yeah, sweating is sicknessy. 1552. That's honestly like the main historical source of knowledge of the disease at all. Okay. Um, so, yes, it began very suddenly with a sense of apprehension. Oh, okay. So someone's just like, oh, something's going to happen. <laughs> <That's really laughs> oh, no. Weird. And then they got the cold shivers, sometimes extremely violent. Oh, potato chip, you cannot be bringing a toy in here right now, bud. Yeah, but we know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the moment. No, no play. So, yeah, so apprehension, followed by cold shivers, sometimes were very violent. Giddiness, headache, and severe pains in the neck, shoulders, and limbs, and great exhaustion. This sort of cold shivery stage would have lasted from like. 30 minutes to three hours. Uh. And then the sweating began. Uh. The characteristic sweat broke out suddenly without any obvious cause and with, you know, delirium, rapid pulse, fever, all of that stuff. Palpitation and pain in the heart uh, were frequent as well. There were no, like, skin eruptions, which I think a lot of medieval and post-medieval diseases were a lot, were very, like, boily. Yeah, it was, <laughs> was pustule heavy. Yeah, yeah. They loved a bit of a, a lot of a bit of a skin condition. So... That didn't really seem to happen, which was notable at the time. And then mm-hmm. um, the final stages were sort of just an, an irresistible urge to sleep, which often proved to be quite fatal. They would never really come back. What was interesting about it is that you, no one seemed to produce any antibodies for it. So you could have it several times and not die from it. And oh, then you just fuck. get another time and you're off. This sounds, can I be honest? This sounds horrifying. Yeah, it was pretty horrific. The thing that's gotten me so far is that like this, uh, you have a sudden feeling of dread that something's about to happen like right. that. Is the scariest part of this. And you're either like dead within a few hours or uh, it lasts a day and then you're fine. (laughs) Another doctor, Thomas Forrester, who was a physician during the first outbreak, provided a written account of his own experiences with the sweating a sickness. eh? I I know you're trying to do old broken English, but it does sound racist every time you read it that way. (laughs) He put great emphasis on the sudden breathlessness that is commonly associated with the final hours of those who had the disease. Um... And he commented a lot about the loathsome vapors that came out of the patient right before they passed on. This is something that I find to be quite fun (laughs) about this horrific disease. Okay. I guess there's something wrong with me. Way to Um, find the silver lining in all this. (laughs) Although the transmission of this disease mostly remains a mystery with only a few pieces of evidence, like the written works that I've just told you about. Apparently the peasantry called the disease Stoop Gallant. What? Um, Why? What? Stoop yeah, gallon. Same words. <laughs> Same more words, please. So it it tended to affect rich people much more often. And so stoop gallant, the idea was that the gallant or the nobleman had to stoop because they had contracted this awful oh. disease that like brought like made them humble. Essentially humbled the rich. Oh god, we could do with one of those. <laughs> um so it was yeah, it became known as the stoop gallant. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so it appeared that the illness mostly targeted young men. 
or the wealthy or powerful or both. What the fuck is that about? I'm, I'm trying mean, to think what those two things have in common. I don't know. That's some rapture shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, geez. So Stoop Gallant or Stoop Knave was another one, which was huh. the same kind of idea. Here's something weird and timely is that apparently the large number of people in London that went to witness the coronation of Henry VII was a huge factor in the spread of the disease. Was it like a super spreader event? Yes. Holy shit. Henry VII's coronation was a super spreader event of sweating sickness. What the fuck? (laughs) But the cause is the most mysterious aspect of the disease. So commentators then and now put much blame on sewage, poor sanitation and contaminated water because obviously all of it was gross. But that doesn't doesn't really make sense with the fact that it was mostly the wealthy that contracted the disease because you would think that the can, like the mm. poor water source would be most prevalent in the poorer areas. Right. Um, so that's always been kind of confusing. The first confirmed outbreak, like I said, was in August 1485, which was the end of the War of Roses, which is, is a wild and fascinating part of English history. So Game of Thrones, but for real. It really is, yeah. yeah. And so that led to speculation that it might have been brought over from the French. Obviously, they were all like, oh, fuck the French. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, sure. Yeah, it was them. How dare you? You know Chelsea lived in Paris for a little while. I, wait, <laughs> I don't know if you knew no, about that. but I, actually, I don't think I knew about that. I didn't hear about that, actually. Well, you should, she should tell you sometime. <laughs> I'll, don't worry, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Apparently, um, Thomas Stanley, who is the uh, the first Earl of, of Derby, used sweating sickness as an excuse to not join Richard III's army. For the role, he was like, oh, oh, wow. oh I'm sick. Well, the old sweaties well, can't make well, it. So sorry. I've been sweating. That sounds like a bad excuse, though, because it would either last a few hours or a day. Here's what's crazy <laughs> this was so in this was like so prevalent, so insane that in some areas of England, half of the population died. What? Yeah, half the population perished in some areas of the UK Holy from shit. sweating sickness at the time. I mean, obviously, there was a lot fewer people in in England at the time, but in its first outbreak, it killed several thousand people. And among those, you know, obviously they really only counted the important people. Sure, sure, the people that made the monies. Right, so among among that first wave, it was like two Lord Mayors, six aldermen, three sheriffs. It was was like a a whole big deal. And so then obviously everyone thought this was going to be a new Black Death, a new plague and mass superstition paranoia blew up like never before. People searched for a culprit to blame, as you would, for this newest plague. Uh-huh. And But being as the times were, after the Battle of Bosworth Field, which was a very supremely um, deadly, nasty battle where a lot, you know, a, lot, a lot of people died, English people started to believe that the English sweating sickness was sent by God to punish those who supported the new reign of Henry VII oh, after whoa. his coronation. Uh, off actually, of the, the super spreader super event. Super spreader event. Yeah. It was quite distinct from the Black Death or the pestilential fever or like a lot of other epidemics that had wiped out lots of people in the nation. It reached Ireland in 1492 when the Annals of Ulster recorded the death of, of James Fleming, who was the seventh baron slain from the Plague Elias. Newly come to Ireland. I mean, this thing is so terrifying because it was so immediate, so quick. It yeah. just like kind of, you know, Miles and I have been reading or listening through the stat, the the Stand by Stephen King. You guys are still listening to The Stand? Yes, it's, it's a 47 hour, hour book. <laughs> Audio book. <laughs> All right, you got me there. <laughs> but I mean, one of the 
brilliant and most terrifying parts of that story is the speed, right, of which this thing mm-hmm. captures the entire world, really. Um, and it must have felt like that at the time that this thing there was not there was no stopping it. The common treatment for the disease was to go to just go to bed. <laughs> That's really that also the, sounded like what killed you. Because like pretty much all yeah. they, they got was like uh, go to bed, don't eat food. A previous proposed theory suggested that it was ergot poisoning, but. That was quickly ruled out because England had far less rye, which is the main cause of ergotism, than the rest of Europe. Mm. And then there were a lot of researchers saying that, well, I guess now in the more sort of looking back, researchers and scientists have noted that the symptoms kind of overlapped with something called hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, which is another zoonotic RNA virus that jumps from animals, but mostly mm. rodents to the human to humans, and it affects the lungs mostly. But I mean, they just didn't really seem to have that kind of stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Nothing was recorded of the ailment from 1492 to 1502, so it sort of went away. It is thought, though, that it may have been the condition which afflicted Arthur, Prince of Wales, and his wife, Catherine of Aragon, in March 1502. Their illness was described as a malign vapor which proceeded from the air, although other people said that that was just TB or the Black Death or influenza. Who's to say? Jesus. Researchers opened his tomb in 2002 but could not determine the exact cause of death. No shit. It had been a minute. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> then a second, less widespread outbreak occurred in 1507, followed by a third and much more severe epidemic in 1517. Oh. A few cases of which also spread to France. In the 1517 epidemic, the disease showed a particular affinity for Englishmen. The ambassador from Venice at the time commented on a peculiarly low number of cases in foreign visitors. So even though there are a lot of people from other countries, it really seemed to only target the English. What the fuck? Which is like, again, bolsters their own theory at the time of like this is sent by god to punish them yes this is your fucking fault yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then a similar effect was noted in the subsequent epidemic in in 1528 when calais an english territory boring, bordering france experienced an outbreak of sweating sickness which did not spread into france it stayed within the english territory that was in france at the what time the shit yeah it was frequently fatal again half the population perished and it reached epidemic proportions during its fourth outbreak. It broke out in London at the end of May and speedily spread over the whole of England. It did not spread to Scotland, although it did reach Ireland, where Lord Chancellor Hugh Inge was the most prominent victim. The mortality rate in London was insane. So Henry VIII actually broke up his court and left and frequently changed his residence to avoid the disease. Wow. In 1529, Thomas Cromwell lost his wife and two daughters to sweating sickness. Jesus. Yeah. I never heard of this. I know, me neither. Apparently, Anne Boleyn had it. In lots of love letters between King Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, they talk about her sweating sickness. She survived because Henry VIII sent his favorite doctor to to look after her. And that Um, doctor... Doctor Who. Episode writes itself, guys. But this thing kind of swept through Europe for a time, but everyone believes that it was directly transmitted from England by English people, by travelers going through, like, you know, any of the British provinces at the time. Somehow, by the end of the year, it had entirely disappeared except in eastern Switzerland, where it sort of lingered. The last major outbreak occurred in England in 1551, and though sort of burial patterns in smaller towns in Europe suggest the disease might have been present elsewhere in other places, it has been recorded to have begun in Shrewsbury, which is weird because that was where it was first documented in April, and it killed roughly a 1,000 people, spreading quickly throughout the rest of England. 
Um, but then again, died off really, really, really soon. It had gone by October. Wow. So it only lasted from April, April to October. Again, it was more prevalent among younger men. Historians now looking back are thinking that that is because younger men had greater social exposure than anyone mm. else. Mm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I did. I do remember thinking this past year, wow, I didn't get sick once. And then I was like, right. well, I didn't go anywhere. And I wore a mask when I did. Huh. Yeah. Funny how that works. It wasn't until 2004 Whoa. that they think they solved what the English sweating sickness was. They all sat down. They played uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And then they were like, wait a second. I've, my brain has been jogged. OK, we, we know it now. What was it? In 2004, microbiologist Edward McSweden okay. suggested that the disease may have been from all that he could find in all of his research he believes it to be an outbreak of anthrax poisoning wait what how, yeah wait is that whoa i'm sorry i don't know maybe i don't understand how anthrax an, anthrax works I, I what yeah please go on anthrax it can be transmitted by powder uh, right. and essentially it's spores so that would make it airborne you know transmitted in the same way that COVID-19 is. Oh God, maybe I'm just, I must be so dumb. For some reason, I thought anthrax was some sort of like chemical poison and not like a, an infectious disease thing. God, I need to read more books. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go out there and learn something. In itself, anthrax is an infection. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is caused by a spore, like spore-forming bacterium, and it's zoonotic. It starts in animals. Holy shit! I didn't to, know that. And it can jump to humans. Humans only become infected through contact with an infected animal or by inhaling these spores. Right. So it would make sense. I mean, anthrax is extremely deadly. Yeah. As we know, that's why it was used to be a little murder powder. Yeah. But if someone has has anthrax spores in their lungs and in their in their respiratory system and that you know we're in the 16th century when no one has any idea about how science or any shit kind of works and everyone's breathing on each other you're transmitting these spores between people keeping this this thing alive oh holy shit and of course you've got no antibiotics or anything like that yeah 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 so this guy Edward McSweden suggested that these anthrax spores would have been present in raw wool or in like, you know, infected animal carcasses. Mm. And that would have made sense with the whole idea of it being richer people who got this because for the most part, really, really poor people weren't really eating meat or they uh, mm. they weren't interacting with things like wool or with animal carcasses because that would have been, you know, for rich people who could either hunt or have animals hunted for them mm-hmm. and then right. be in the same place, like be in the, uh, in the same area when these animals were being prepared to be eaten. And he suggested exhuming victims for testing, but eventually really he was, he was shot down because even without modern molecular biology methods, there is just not enough material, DNA, RNA, and Thing left to really make uh make it worth exhuming anyone because right. you probably still wouldn't be able to get a conclusive idea but like i think to this day that is still that seems to make the most sense that they they were these just wild outbreaks of anthrax poisoning Dude. that no one you know because you can't there's no way you could trace that they didn't know movies they didn't know anything yeah. so these people would just be like but the weirdest the wildest part to me is the idea that it started with this uh, like uh, basically anxiety yeah that someone would be like so bad's for giving gonna me, happen yeah a new thing to be afraid of oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks so it. much yeah uh, new anxiety just dropped <laughs> yeah new <laughs> guess what <laughs> and it's sweaty y'all gotta check this out <laughs> Sweating sickness with a Y. Oof. 
Yeah. I hate it. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. I hate it. The sweet eater. I feel like you came on this podcast to like try and even the tables, but me and Chelsea like talked to you about games for a fun, cute hour and and then I just brought you something horrific. Yeah, but well, you have the true you have the true like what moment where where somebody said what? So <laughs> That's true. I'll give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three points. One for each uh, letter of what the way that it is spelled. Thanks, because babe. I did drop a what. Um, no, I'll give you six because I think I did. I did do a genuine what twice. Um, Henry the Seventh super spreader event. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one point for the super spreader event. Sure. Um, I am taking away a point for introducing a new thing for me to be afraid of. Okay. Um, uh, well, although I guess. I, I don't have to fear my my losing my life to this, but I do have to fear you losing your life to this. And that's uh, also just me being English. Well, yeah, it's not going to fuck with me. We just learned this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I don't want to lose you. <laughs> We're the only ones that pissed off God. Yeah, all the ones that fucking did whatever you did. And I'm not going to pry, but you know, I'll give you three more points for actually teaching me what anthrax is. <laughs> Lord 2021. Oh, well, thank uh, you, babe. Because I, I needed to learn that. Well, have you been entertained? I have been entertained have you and been educated. <laughs> entertained? Uh, you just lost a point. Oh, you just lost a point for that. I am sorry. God. I can't I can't <laughs> overlook that, no, okay? I, I know. As, so, as soon as you looked me in the eye, I knew what I'd done. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I had fun. I had a good time. Good. Yeah. Miles, if people wanted to, where could they find you if you want them to? Uh, you can always find me at the Miles Luna on Twitter and Instagram and, and all that Hell stuff. Hell yeah. And, uh, aside from that, you will never find me. I'll hide and you'll never find me. <laughs> like I'm not even yeah. once. Oh, you, can, oh, you oh. know what? You can find me on Cameo and you can. I'll say whatever you want. I won't say whatever you want. But Be careful. Yeah, Be no, so I won't careful, do that. Miles. I learned that recently. People can take videos from there and then just clip things off and then post that online and oh, be like, look yeah. what Miles said. And then it's like, well, no. But, um, but yeah, there, there I am. Miles, can I leave you with um, a shameless plea for one more point and a fun fact bang? That's more of a person. It has to be a fun fact bang, though. It's it more has to be so fun. It's a fun fact bang and also a personally embarrassing story about myself. Ooh, okay. There could I be some thought... points in this for you. <laughs> so there is a, there's a, a video event on, a, on Netflix right now called My Octopus Teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was an anime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean... It's a nature documentary. Does, I, know, I do know it's a nature documentary. In your defense, <laughs> that is an extremely anime title. And I sat myself down with a cup of tea to watch what I thought was a cute little anime and then I was about a little South African man telling me about octopus. That does sound like a like an absurdist life of life anime. Um, <laughs> I'll give you... <laughs> Chelsea, where can people find you? Wait, hold on. I, wow. will, I will give you one point. I'll give you one me? point for that. Yeah, for that fact. Uh, yeah, that's worth it for sure. People can find me at Chelsea Harfouche wherever internets are sold. You can find me at Ellie Main on Instagram and Ellie Maney on Twitter. And you can find this podcast at WhatPod on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Redbubble and Patreon and all those good things. And you can find our website at thosetwogirls.club. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And this week, I don't know, maybe you'll learn something. Hey, Miles. Yo. Keep it loose. Keep it tight. Say your prayers at night. Bam, 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 bam,